People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, how the devil are you all? Right, today I'm going to be talking about fairies, covering some research that I've been doing lately about the fairy realm and the fairies of the mythology of Ireland, okay? So, first of all, it seems like there's a lot more going on than we tend to give credit for. Um, we think of this world as black and white, you know, true or false, all that kind of stuff, but there really is a lot of shades of grey, all right? And that's where the fairies fit in. You know, they're not quite of this world, not quite of the next, they're sort of in between, and they can flitter between the two realms very easily. And there's two different aspects to uh, why they do that, and I'll come to that shortly. All right, for those that don't know, we are recording this live on YouTube. Um, I think going forward, that's going to be the plan for the shows now. Obviously, they'll still get them as a podcast. If you listen to this on a podcast, it's still a podcast. But when we record them, we're going to try to record them um, live on YouTube. And then what we might do in future episodes is um, if anyone's got any questions uh, about the episode we've done, then obviously we can answer them at the end of the show. So, you know something you know just something different but anyway that's the plan obviously we haven't been able to get together at all and i'm doing this on my own for that very reason uh work's just been crazy so you know sorry for the, the lack of shows it's not you know it's not that we don't want to do them it's just that we just haven't had a chance to do them so um yeah there's things you can do to help us out and i'll come on to them in a bit bit later but first let's start with what is a fairy all right so a lot of people, when you think, when you talk about fairies, a lot of people automatically go to the Tinkerbell, you know, this little thing with wings flying around. And obviously there was them faked pictures that came out from the UK, which demonstrated these fairies at the bottom of the garden. You've probably all seen them, which turned out to be bullshit. And that's kind of where people go. But fairies can come in many different types, all right? And again, we call the, the realm of all these entities the, the, the kingdom of the fae, all right? I call them the grey folk because the ones I've seen have been grey, but the fairy folk, the grey folk, the fae, um, that's kind of what they are. Uh, what they look like is, you know, you might depict them as a pixie, uh, a leprechaun is obviously a very easily recognisable example of a fairy. Uh, elves, brownies, similar. Uh, dwarfs, gnomes. And then we come on to, um, you know, the, the, the extremes, if you like, the, the banshees, um, things like that. So, and again, banshees aren't always like, um, you know, the Grim Reaper, you know, the skeleton in a, in a, in a, in a veil type thing or a hood. Um, they can be, but sometimes they can appear as normal people. All right. And there's an example of that. Way back, uh, in a way back in Ireland, there was, um, I think I told it on the show before, but there was a, a couple of uh, fellows just walking back from the pub. Uh, so it's late at night. And 
on on the way back to the house, they passed a lady sitting brushing her hair. All right. Uh, one of the guys chanced his arm with this lady, and she was having none of it. All right. So she, he um, he tried again, and again she still not and none of it. And he basically, at that point, called her a rude name and and wandered off, you know, into the night. Uh, it was only his mate was pointing out that you, you know you shouldn't do that because you don't know who that person is and it could be a banshee all right so they get home and then all of a sudden there's a rattling on the door and the windows are rattling and the whole house is vibrating and his mother's there and she, she's saying what's going on so, so they tell her what happened you know on the way home and um she says you've met the banshee uh, oh, I should point out that he actually stole the comb off her, right? So she should come back, the banshee would actually come for the comb. That's what was going on here. So all this, you know, the house is vibrating, the windows are rattling, doors are rattling. So the mother said, where's the comb? And he, he presented it to her. So she took the comb and she um, took some tongs from the fire. You know, the, in the old days, they used to have the, the, the fire, then the, the, the tongs and the brushes and all that. She takes the tongs from the fire and she holds the... Uh, these are raw iron tongs and she holds the comb in it and she opens the door just a smidge and she puts the the comb outside and there's you know the uh, tongs rattle out of her hand and she pulls them back inside and shuts the door the comb's gone and the, the raw iron uh, tongs are like like twisted like a vine and she said if you'd gone outside that's what about what happened to you you know you don't mess with a banshee and uh, that's an example of a banshee there in england in lancaster we have um, what's called basically goblin dogs, all right. And there's a there's a Lanc there's a, a farm in Lancashire where they used to have um, a particular you know, at a certain time of night. This dog would wander in and sit by the fire, and it was known as the the goblin dog. And um, at that point, you would uh, you know just leave it be. Uh, you wouldn't mess with it because this is this is another way a fairy can present itself. This is this is the belief. Incidentally, in Ireland, they had similar uh, goblin dogs' uh, tales there, where if a dog would wander in at a certain point at night, or the night time, that would be your cue to leave. Uh, you'd put some food down, some water down for the dog. It'd normally kill it by the fire, uh, and then you'd, you'd, you'd make your way to your bedroom, and, and you wouldn't come back down until the morning, and the, 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 the goblin dog would be gone. All right, So that was another thing that just tended to happen fairly regular, but... Goblin dogs, lights, lights is another examples of, of fairies, which we don't really, we don't really talk too much about the lights or the orbs, as people will call them now, the will o' the whispers, what we have in the UK. Um, and again, these have been, you know, many examples have been given that these are swamp gas or these are, um, you know, there's there's actually a a video online on YouTube, and if you go watch it, it's light. I don't know what you'd have to put in to get it, but it, um, I don't know, something like breaking granite light, something like that. And it might come up, but essentially when you break granite or friction between two pieces of granite, you get these balls of light that sort of spill out and this sort of, you know, float around for a little while. It's mostly just like brief, really brief. Um, but these are small amounts of granite. If you imagine a bigger amount of granite, it might produce a bigger light. So there might be an explanation for these lights, but not all of them. Uh, swamp gas, you know, that's another theory, and that explains a few, but not all. Um, you know, was it 1967? A ball of 
glowing light was seen over an Air Force base and it was dripping, it's said to be dripping like molten metal uh, from it. And it basically hovered around the base and shut down various missile silos and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, that was Maelstrom Air Force Base. I think 1980, there was a, a base in the UK that was basically the same thing happened there. And then obviously the, the you know, now sort of legendary uh, Rendlesham was 1980 as well. Same thing happened there. This ball light came in, was seen going through the woods by the base um, commander. She was out there. She saw it. Incidentally, if you if you listen to Gary Esseltine, she's uh, the base commander that night. It's basically never been seen again, never spoke about it. Uh, I know he's doing a film on it, so I don't know if he's managed to contact her or not, but the events that happened that night was enough to make her say, that's enough for me, and go, all right? So this ball light came in, and again, this ball light was zipping through the trees. It had an intention, it was going somewhere, it knew where it was going. That's not swamp gas, that's something else. And again, in the old days, um, before, you know, these sort of pagan beliefs, before um, Christianity um, got its teeth into things, because Christianity would say this is all superstition, and then it replaced this superstition with its own brand of superstition, all right? But that that's basically what put, put way to the, the theories in the United Kingdom at that point was Christianity's didn't want to know. Incidentally, in Scandinavia, they believe very much the same in these these theories, although given different names. Um, and it was tradition at a certain point of year in Scandinavia to put an offering out behind the back of your house. You put an offer out, whether that was butter or cheese or whatever it was, to, to appease the fairy folk. All right, so that's that's you know a brief introduction to theories. And again. Like I said before, uh, Willow the Wisp is something we have here. There's Black Anis in um, Leicester. She comes across as um, more or less a witch, is what you'd say. Um, but that's believed to be, you know, some sort of fairy. Again, here's one, uh, 1962, a Somerset farmer. All right, so this is Berkshire Downs. And what happened with this lady is she'd... She was a farmer. She knew the land. You know, her ancestors grew up in the area. She'd been there all her life. And she was tending to her normal duties. And all of a sudden, she finds herself in a strange location. You know, it was still fields and forest and all that, but she just couldn't place where she was. She started getting a bit, uh, you know, nervous, a bit anxious. And she started following a trail. Now, she followed this trail. And on this trail, there was a little man dressed in green. All right, so, you know, you're thinking leprechaun, that's kind of what you're thinking here, that's what she saw. All right, so this little man in green, uh, knew her by name. She she was obviously worried at this point, and she was calling out to this man if he could help her. You know, she was looking for any sort of help, and this little man said he could help her. All right, so he took a, he asked her to follow him, took her by the hand, and led her through this hedgerow. Uh, when she came out on the other side, she was back in the field that she knew, you know, she'd known all her life. She turned to thank the guy and he'd gone. All right. So this is an example of a fairy helping someone. They don't always take you. All right. Um, a lot of times they do, but there is two schools of thought or two courts of fairies, good and bad. Um, and I'll come on to that you know, in a minute or so. Um, 
I mean, as an example here, a woman on a holiday in Cornwall with her daughter came across a small man in green with pointed, uh, pointed hood and ears. Uh, they were so alarmed they ran for the ferry, uh, cold with terror. Another eyewitness in account in the 20th century uh, says basically the same thing. So do you believe? Um, so you've got, you know, like I say there, a few examples of the same creatures being seen in the same locations by, you know, people from varying degrees, different degrees of life and etc, etc. We know nothing about it. Okay, so then we come on to the rules. Um, there's rules of engagement when you talk about theories, things you should do and things you shouldn't do. All right, so we'll just go through them here so you can... In case you encounter one, you know what to do. Be polite, all right? So don't insult or interrupt. That's very important. Um, don't do anything that can offend the Fae, okay? This, this, this rule sort of blends into a couple of the other rules, um, but we'll get to them. So... Basically, do what, everything you need to power not to not to offend the Fae. All right, iron is uh, both poisonous to the Fae, and if it's shaped iron, it can be offensive to them. Um, so you best best leave iron out in the garden or areas of the home if you don't want the Fae to interact with you, interact to interact with you even. All right, and then then obviously the example that we're probably most familiar with of this and probably don't know why is the horseshoe. All right, so you'll often see, particularly in England, I don't know about other countries, but in England and Ireland, I presume, there'll be houses and they'll have a horseshoe on the wall. Now, it's said to be, it's said to bring you good luck. I said, that's what we, nowadays, people will put it on the wall and they'd think it was good luck. What it was actually doing, it's, it's a piece of iron on, on your property is essentially keeping the fairies away. That's what the horseshoe was for. So if you see that horseshoe, um, again, people probably don't know what it's for, they probably just associate it with good luck and don't realise that it was actually, you know, worn off um, these entities. Um, incidentally, the shaped uh, iron. Again, this crops up in, you know, religious context when you see people who are possessed and all this thing and then they, they bring sort of forth a crucifix or something. And a gen generally that is, you know, maybe a metal object, doesn't have to be, but it, an object that holds intent, right? So, someone who's possessed, let's say somebody in, I don't know, uh, the Middle East is possessed, yeah? And uh, a Christian or, you know, a Catholic priest goes in there to, to, um, to, to remove this spirit, right? He will, he will take his crucifix, his rosaries, all that sort of stuff. And that will do the job because it's not really necessarily about, you know, the, uh, the religious iconography it's all about the intent that's put on the object and in this case it would be the crucifix but you know, for this case we're talking about the horseshoe so as long as you know what it's there for then it'll do the job but iron is key and again people used to wear a lot of iron and stuff like that so that's another thing um it'd be interesting wouldn't it if you if you if you could um if you could look up the uh, missing 411, because this sort of rolls into missing 411 a little bit. You know where people go missing, the day polite stuff? Um, fantastic. Uh, you know, I watched all the movies. I watched the uh, latest one, which was the UFO Connection. That was amazing. Um, there's a couple of bits in it that didn't make sense to me. 
just storyline wise, I couldn't really get my head around it. And I watched it a few times and I still couldn't get my head around certain things that happened in certain orders. Um, but apart from that, that's just, you know, a little, you know, maybe a little bit sad on my on my end. But apart from that, the movie was great. Um, but it makes you wonder, doesn't it, if um you know, if Iron Iron would have played a part, although some people do go missing with uh, weapons, don't they? So they would you would assume they were iron. But hey ho. Um, here we go. So where do we get to? So that's that. So uh, the fail of gifts. All right. This can be anything. That sweet honey is you know an obvious thing. Obviously, back nowadays you'd say sweets, things like that. We didn't have them. So uh, gems, crystals. That's another thing they like. And other foods. And, uh, basically, real foods. All right. Not processed things, things like that. Real foods like cheeses, your milks, your you know, your, your, your wheats, that sort of stuff. Incidentally, it was it was commonplace in England up till fairly recently to to leave a section of a field unharvested. And that was that was for, and I think they do this in certain states in America as well, I did. Um, and that was for the Fae, all right? So they'd harvest, you know, 99% of the field and just leave 1% for the Fae. And that was just to appease them, but that was for good harvest, things like that. And again, that comes back to superstition, but... Hey, don't don't do it and see what happens. Um, obviously, time spent with a fae is very different to time in our reality. So you know you might spend a couple of minutes with them, come back in our reality, and two three months have passed. Um, I'll probably go on to an example of a case in a minute, which will sort of show that. Never say I'm sorry to the fae. Right? Instead, say my apologies or pardon me. This this rule and the same rule with the next one. Never say thank you to the Fae. Instead, uh, you could say things like "You are most kind" or "I appreciate." Those sorts of things. You never you never want to directly um, say thank you or say sorry to them because they'll take what they'll do is they'll use your words as, and they'll manipulate what you've said essentially. Um. And that's the way they trick you. I mean, that's what they're for, tricking you. Um, uh, when speaking to the Fae, listen very carefully because often there is much they are saying that is unsaid. All right? So read between the lines. Again, this is the way they trick you. They'll sort of say something that sounds plausible, but if you actually think about what they're saying, it's a trick. Uh, never touch the food, never touch the water. Even if they, you know, implicitly ask you to, um, you know, I've, I've had this experience myself, but never take what's on offer. Um, unless, you, unless you're really fed up with this life and then uh, crack on. Okay, what's the next one? So the they protect the earth. So make sure you do the, your part to keep it healthy and clean. Um, and this doesn't mean fucking carbon before you go on on that ship. No, this just means maintain, uh, you know, maintain places. So if you're a farmer, you'd, you, you'd look after the land. You don't, I mean, farmers do anyway. They have to look after the land. That's the whole point of um, thing. But it's just keeping everything in balance, essentially. Not too much of one thing and that. Again, Many cultures around the world that deal with, they'll call them elves or dwarves or things like that. They're essentially fey. 
they will leave places intact. So say they're building a road in Scandinavia is quite you know, famous for this. If they're building a road and it's a fairy mound, they will actually take the road around it rather than disturb the fairy mound. And um, again, it's just something to be aware of. Just be careful. We see this, don't we? And we see this in uh, poltergeist activity and things like this. Uh, you know, ghost, ghosts will get like a um, house where people do start doing renovation. And uh, that will cause the spirits to, we say spirits, that will cause the spirits to uh, start acting up. And it's the act of renovation that's causing the issue. Um, again, going back to what, what the people, the Asian people was talking about when they was talking about the fate, it's a similar thing. You know, if you start messing with things, that, you know, that can draw them out. So we say spirits now, but we're probably talking about the thing. Um, again, they can be unseen. They can, they are tricksters. The brownies and things like that, they are tricksters. They'll do housework for you. You know, if you leave housework out, this is what I said. They, they could do housework for you back in the day. This is before... When people used to live in balance with the Fae, it was a very different sort of world. Um, let's say, like, when Christianity came along and it changed people's relationship with the Fae. Um, and it's never... I don't know if it'll ever go back, but they used to be a lot more present then than they are now, if you, if you believe what you're reading in the ancient texts. You know, there's, there's, there's stories of, like, I don't know, the Vikings or the Romans going to Ireland and seeing leprechauns. You know, they were not, I'm not going to say commonplace, but there was more common than they are today. I know people are still seeing them, you know, every now and again, but they were seeing them a lot more often. And the balance has changed. Whether that's them just deciding that or whether it was something we were doing, whatever it is, they don't like it. Whether it's the, you know, I don't know, nowadays you could say it's the electric magnetic field that was all around us, you know, with the Wi-Fi. Maybe they don't like that. I don't know. But something's putting them off coming to see us. Um, you know, they could say that's a good thing. I'll let you decide. Uh, let's have a look. So, if you find yourself on a walkabout and you have a foreboding sense of being watched or unwelcome, leave immediately. All right. Again, if you've listened to any of the Form 1 um, stuff, they apply this there. Lots of people, before something happens, they'll get this sense of, this gut feeling uh, of... Something's watching me. This crops up in a lot of Bigfoot uh, cases, actually. Things like that. I mean, well, alleged Bigfoot, we should say, because not always, they don't always see the creature, but it's assumed that they're in the same area as the one. Maybe some other things have happened, like howls, wood knocks, whatever. Um, but essentially, you'll get the feeling that you're being watched, and then all of a sudden, nothing, right? So... Listen to that. You know, I've spoke to people that have been in this situation where they've got this sense of foreboding and uh, they've left. They've always left. They're not stuck around. Um, do I know any cases where people stayed? I know one case where people, where it was three guys, and this is just up the road, and they were in a camping location. They were spending the night there. And one of the guys... They were all outdoorsmen, been you know doing it a long time, so no reason to be upset or anything like that. And one guy just got an overwhelming sense of fear from this place, and he wanted to leave. And he told the other two guys, he, 
He did the usual thing like a bloke would do. He he ignored it for a while. But this sense just wasn't going away. And he started to get nauseous and all that. So he did tell his other two companions, look, um, I think we should go. And they said, don't be silly. You know, they didn't. They were feeling fine. So they were just saying, look, you, there's something wrong with you. But, you know, you'll get over it. Just have a couple of beers or whatever. And he, he, you know, against his better wishes, he decided to stay. And then that night, they were uh, by the campfire. And then they saw these two amber eyes, uh, I think at ground level initially. And then when there was point when they started to point them out, they stood up. Uh, I think it was about five foot off the ground, uh, and just watched them. And again, the other two lads got this sense as well. And he was saying like, "Let's pack up and go." But it was the middle of the night, so there was like it's just too dangerous to leave at this point. So I think there was in a slight ravine. Anyway, they stayed, and this thing watched them for hours, just toying with them. Uh, and they shone the light on it, that you know that sort of thing. And they it was a uh, you know, what you call a werewolf, essentially, or a dogman. Um, but they got the sense to leave and didn't didn't act on it. And again, it's difficult. If, you, if you've planned to go somewhere and you're excited to be there and all that, and then you get this feeling, you know, I can understand why you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to leave, right? But just bear it in mind. That's what I'm saying. Just bear it in mind. Okay, so the fear is always keeps its promise. Right. Although really they'll they'll make a promise. Okay, but if they do, they will stick to it. You know, the word is their honour, so to speak. Um and it is said that they will keep a promise even if it means their own death. Right. So they you know they won't go back on a promise. That's why they don't offer promises essentially. Um Be wary of any agreement made with the Fae. And remember that they are masters of manipulation. And you've, like I said before, you've got to be so careful what they've said because they will, there will be loopholes, right, in that statement that they've made. And you've got to really think about it before you answer. I'm, I, I know, I'm, I'm saying if you, you encounter them, I know most people, everybody probably listening to this will never have been in this situation, but just in case. All right, so that's that's essentially the, the rules of engagement, if you like, with a fae. Uh, we, we know that they'll often play music, those sorts of things, to lure you into the forest. And then you'll go into the forest, maybe a baby crying. You'll go into the forest and then there'll be a bounty put before you. Um, don't eat from it, don't drink from it. There's a bit more to cover on this, but this is, I'm going to call this part one. I think I'm going to do another part you know, part two on this. Um, and I'm going to go into the, the, the courts and I'm going to go into an example case of this. I just wanted to get this out there today because I wanted to test this YouTube setup and things like that. See if it's plausible to take this uh, file and, and put it as a podcast. And and also just get your engagement. See if you if you want to join us on YouTube. Uh, what we'll, what Obviously what we'll have to do is announce when we're going and probably give you a heads up and try and keep to the same schedule, although that's almost impossible. But if we can give you, I don't know, a couple of days um, warning, and then maybe an hour's warning or a couple of hours warning before we go on, that sort of thing. I don't know, you tell me. You know how to get hold of us on Facebook. Join the Facebook group if you're not already, Bizarre Tales Podcast, um, or supernaturalpod at gmail.com. You know, join us. 
Again, like I said before, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one more. I'll give you one more case before I go. But like I said before, you know, we are struggling to um, get these shows out just because of time constraints at work. So there are things you can do to help us, and some of them are, I mean getting off your ass. I know that's difficult for a lot of people these days, but I know you guys are pretty good to us. So if you can, then check out our website for the uh, t-shirts. I'm wearing one here. If you're watching on YouTube. Um, this will, I think this will be uploaded to YouTube, you know, so people can watch it for, you know, forever, essentially. But yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, then this is one of our t-shirts that we do. We do many different designs for boys, for girls. Um, so go and check them out. There's pretty much something there for everyone. The actual t-shirt quality is amazing. Yes, it is a little bit, you know, more on the expensive side for a t-shirt. But if you, if you actually wear the t-shirt, you'll enjoy it. So it is one, it is one of them. It's all repurpose cotton and things like that so it's all eco-friendly and all that stuff so you know in way in, you know keeping in way with a fay eh? so uh yeah go and check the t-shirts out there's a link in the description if you go onto the bizarre tales podcast um group on facebook there'll be a link there things like that so many ways and that helps us but if you don't want to get off your ass and you know you're that lazy you can't even help us out but you listen to the content then other things you can do is subscribe if you can subscribe on multiple different platforms Again, you're only listening to us once, but if you subscribe to us on multiple different platforms, that helps the algorithm. All right, so that's something you can do without even, you know, get off your ass, so to speak. So it would appreciate if you helped us out um, with the T-shirts, because obviously that allows us more freedom to uh, do what we need to do and get these shows out, you know, not work 24-7. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so another example of that, going back to that, um missing 401 kind of connection thing if there is one you know it's maybe dubious at best but there's an example of two shepherds back in ireland um and this would be like the 17th century or so and they were they've been you know tending to the fields they're walking back down a path towards home uh and they hear this music playing from a copse of trees you know just up the way there and they hear this music and laughter and singing and and one of the guys like you know we're let's go and check it out, you know, sounds really good. And the other fella just recently married, all right? So he, he was called uh, Tom. So he said to, to Dick, he said, no, I can't. He said, you know, my new wife will kill me if I, if I don't come back in time. So Dick says, well, I'm going to go. Do you mind if I go? And he says, no, of course, go and, you know, knock yourself out. So off he goes and he says, I'll catch you up later. So he goes off to, the, to see what there's going on over there. And uh, Tom goes home. So Tom goes home, tells his wife, she says, where's Dick? And he says, oh, he's gone to this party in the woods. So he says, okay, but he's coming later. He'll, you know, catch us up later. Anyway, that night passed and um, Tom never arrived home. He didn't arrive. So Dick didn't arrive home that night and he didn't arrive for work the next day either. Uh, and a couple of days went past and he never turned up. So the locals were getting pretty anxious you know what, what's happened to dick so they told the local police force they went out to investigate and uh, couldn't find no no tracks of him no no sign of him so they arrested tom because he was the last person to have any contact with him he was seen with him uh, just before he left to go home so he was the last person that was seen with him so essentially they arrested him for his murder rumors were going around the town you can imagine um that he'd, he'd done something that sort of thing so he was arrested uh, and he was incarcerated in a local jail. Now, his wife, or his new wife, knew this 
wasn't the case. Um, well, she believed her husband, so she started asking around the village, you know, if, some, if anyone could help her uh, prove his innocence. And one of the, the locals uh, said, you might need to talk to this wise man that lives on the edge of the village. You know, he might have some idea what's going on here. So she did. So she went up there and sought him out and told him what had happened. And he listened and he said, this is the work of the Fae. And um, she was she was saying, what do you mean? And he was telling her that they can take people like this, you know, they'll trick people um, with music and song and things like that. So you'll want to go, you you know, gravitate towards it. As soon as you're there, you'll maybe take a piece of food or a drink or they'll offer you, they'll say something and then you sort of become contractually obliged um, to stay. So she said, well, what do we, you know, what can we do? Um, and he said, we have to wait a year and a day. All right, a year and a day. So this crops up many of these uh, tales. You'll see this one year and a day uh, cropping up. And there's other examples that I might give you on part two. But so a year and a day to the day he went away, the wife met this uh, wise man and they went to the spot where he'd been seen last. And they themselves heard this music and the laughter uh, coming from this woods. So they walked over there. And as they went into the woods, they saw this bright light and, you know, beautiful sunshine day. And these people dancing, like in, a, you know, Ring a Ring Rosy type dance and dancing around. And they saw Dick there laughing and, you know, going along with it. And the wise men run over and pulled Dick out of the circle. And they fell on the floor. And Dick was saying, what, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm enjoying myself with these ladies and all that. And uh, the wise men said, no, they're not, they're not ladies, the fairies. And he was saying, nah, nah, and he wanted to go back to the circle. And he said, no, no. And the wife came over. She said, look, um, she told him that her husband was in jail, that believed he was murdered and uh, he'd been missing for a year. And he was saying, no, no, I haven't. You know, it's, you know, look at the sky, it's still sun. You know, it's just how I left when I left uh, Thomas. This is how he left, you know, summer's night. And they said, no, it's a year to the day. And he just couldn't accept it. And eventually, you know, he sort of realised that that was probably right. So... They left the things. The fairies were beckoning him back, obviously, trying to get him back. But he wouldn't go. He went with these people and they went to the local police station, presented himself. Obviously, he's not dead. So they had to release Tom. So, you know, a year and a day. And that's the only time. If you miss that, the year and a day, it's over. Right? He's gone for good. Uh, he's become part of the fairy kingdom. But again, for him, only 15 minutes had passed. But a year and a day had passed in our reality. So that speaks of this um, this time difference, that this control of the you know, this realm that they're in, or whatever. Um, very different to our understanding of you know of nature and laws and things like that. So, who's the masters of this reality? Um, the Black Sabbath album, isn't it? But yeah, who's the masters of this reality? Really, when you think about things like that. So I'll leave it there for part one. Uh, I'll probably record part two some point this week uh, and I'll give you another couple of examples of people that got themselves in situations with the Fae but that's been it for now so let me know if this is the way you would like us to do it if you want to join us on YouTube and again if people ask questions then we will be able to answer them um, you know so that'll be somewhat different just something different I want to offer to you like I said before if you can help us out please help us out check out the t-shirts I'm sure there's something there for everyone, believe me. And if there's something 
in there that you'd like to see on a different colour or whatever, then just message message me and I can sort that for you. So thank you very much for listening and uh, we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.